Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. Uh, today we're coming to you from the National Library of New Zealand's foyer and with me today is my special guest Nisha. Hi there. And we are going to be discussing chapter 46 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In chapter 46, Lizzie learns about Lydia's uh, elopement in a letter from Jane. Now they have two letters that appear in this chapter. Why do you think that they are two chapters instead of just the one? So I think um, it's it's partly to have that sense of um, uh, a sense of drama um, and that sense of I guess um, Jane uh, being um, stressed and sort of anxious about. Um, what's happened and um, I guess that sense of because Lizzie obviously reads the first letter and then the second one and sort of that sense of that suspense um, when she gets on to that second letter and um, I guess there's also a lot to, to that Jane's got to say as well. Do you think things would have played out differently if she'd got the first letter at a separate time? I think it would have been there would have kind of been a lull in the storytelling in a way um, because she would have had to have waited for the second letter before she did anything. You don't think she would have acted on the first letter? It's yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess she may not have had the full. She wouldn't have had the full story from Jane. No, she doesn't at that stage. So she would have been. She may not have acted at that stage, um, and she may not have told Darcy when she comes across him what had happened. Yeah, I don't think they would have had that time together, mm. quite the same. Because she's so stressed about it, then when he turns up, she's more likely to talk to him. That's right, yeah. And I think it's also um, because she's obviously in a really um, distressed state, um, you see uh, Darcy shows a different side as well, um, one that she we haven't really seen, I think, as a reader and yeah. that Lizzie hasn't seen. He sits in wretched suspense while she doesn't. While she, while he's waiting for her to say something, he says, "You are very ill," and he wants to get a servant for her or something like that. And then eventually, when she tells him, he starts pacing the room in earnest meditation. His brow contracted, his ear gloomy, and she's like, "My power is sinking." I love that her power mm-hmm. over him. And um, her thought here is, never had she so honestly felt that she could have loved him as now when all love must be in vain. Yeah, that's a very, very powerful moment. And I also really like the line where um, when he first comes in and he says, good God, what's the matter? And there's the comment, with more, uh, he cried he with more feeling than politeness. Yes. And it's kind of the opposite of what we've seen from him. Um Unfiltered Darcy. Mm-hmm. Unfiltered Darcy. And there's the bit when he leaves and she thinks how improbable it was that they should ever see each other again on such terms of cordiality as Mark their several meetings in Derbyshire. And I remember in the 95 version of the, the movie, mm-hmm. she stands up and when he leaves and she says, I will never see him again. Yes, and it's very dramatic. Yes, very dramatic. And it's, it's quite hard to read this without seeing the 95 because so mm-hmm. many of the words are pulled directly from the novel. And that moment's particularly um, memorable. So we do have the two letters. The first letter is deals more with some of the family stuff um, and it says, with such news as the country afforded. And it does say that Lydia has eloped, but Jane says, how thankful I am that we never let them, the family, know what is being said against Wickham as we, might, we must forget it ourselves, which is such a Jane thing to say. It is. 
And then she writes almost the same thing in both letters that I hardly know what I have written and then I hardly know what I would write, um, which I guess is just a Jane expression when she's sort of stressed out. What do you think about why the events happen sort of off page? I think that's a classic Jane Austen thing in her novels is to have the um, baddies, uh, you know, perform their, their actions off stage and then you have the the main characters of the protagonists um, reading letters or, um, or you know, hearing about it some other way and, and um, you're kind of seeing it through their eyes. Because um, we were talking about Mansfield Park last night and the mm. big thing that happens in there is another, they call it an elopement. Mm. Uh, and that happens off page as well. Yes, and um, the same thing in Emma with a lot of the story between Jane Fairfax and Frank Churchill happening off stage, off page. Off page, yeah. I think it's one of the things that makes me feel safe reading Jane Austen because we're not confronted with the bad stuff immediately ourselves. So it feels like she's keeping us safe from all the bad things that are happening. Yeah, and I think she's also trying, maybe trying not to give, give it too much attention and sort of keeping our attention on um, the other characters and also a sense of, I guess, almost maybe directing us in terms of how we should feel about it, whereas if we were seeing it from the eyes of Wickham and Lydia, maybe we would look at it a bit differently. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think it's really different to how modern books are written. Modern books, they're like, where is the drama? Why are we not seeing this stuff happening? Somehow we need to get into Lydia's perspective so we can see everything that's happening rather than just from Lydia's perspective. Yeah, and I think it shows that, um, you know, what a powerful storyteller she is in, in a sense that she doesn't show everything, but you kind of, you, you know what's happening without having to be told everything. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So this is the line that I've been talking about for the last several chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. If gratitude and esteem are good foundations of affection, Elizabeth's change of sentiments will be neither improbable nor faulty. So they're saying that she's grateful for the way that Darcy feels about her and she's got esteem for him and so she's starting to change the way that she's feeling about him she's starting to fall in love and this gratitude has kept cropping up the last several chapters um, to show her change of feeling something that you see in in her other novels as well that kind of sense of gratitude between the the heroine has for the hero and um, I think that idea that love comes out of respect, mutual respect. Yes. It's not wild, crazy hormones mm. like Lydia and Wickham. Yes. So what do you think about Lydia's fate? What Reading this, what would you have thought would, would have happened to her? Um, it's hard to say because I've read, the, you read, the, whole thing. read the whole thing. I guess I would be uncertain as to them actually getting married because I would think that Wickham wouldn't have that intention and would probably abandon her somewhere in, in London or actually did they go to they went to Gretna Green didn't they they didn't go to Gretna Green they were going to oh so maybe we should explain when people elope in the Regency time they go to Scotland That's and right. the first city or town over the border is Gretna Green because in Scotland you can be married just by someone pronouncing that you're married so they used to go to blacksmiths to get it done for some reason um, yeah. So, yeah, this is why they're talking about them going to Scotland and going to Gretna Green, which they don't do. They get as far as London, and it's suspected that they stay as in a, just outside of London and Clapham. Mm. 
which is where I stayed just close to Clapham when I went to London oh, yeah. a couple of years ago, which was kind of cool. And the woman I was staying with pointed out that's the inn where they think that Lydia and Wickham stayed. Oh, really? So it's still there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is, is there a, like, a park or something which says? I don't know because we were on the bus and so she just pointed out as we drove past. But it looked very old. It's crazy to me that they have stuff that old in England because we're such a young country. Yeah. Comparatively. Mm. Never since reading Jane's second letter had Elizabeth entertained a hope of Wickham's meaning to marry her. No one but Jane could flatter herself with such an expectation. Um, and I think that's maybe part of the reason that they have the two letters together so you don't have that whole waiting and thinking that they are going to get married. Mm. Whereas, yeah, because the second one just kills that, any of that dead. And then so you get Elizabeth's reaction and it's in the contrast with Jane's sort of hopefulness. I think there's always that between Lizzie and Jane, isn't there? Lizzie's got that grounding in reality and Jane's mm. all a little bit head in the clouds. Everything's going to be fine and everyone's lovely. The chapter ends sort of the same as the chapter before with Mrs. Gardner wanting to talk to Elizabeth about something, about what's happening, basically. And she says, are they, as in Lizzie and Darcy, on such terms for Lizzie to disclose the real truth? Oh, that I knew how it was. And I don't understand why they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth and Mrs. Gardner. I mean, I kind of get why they don't talk to each other, but it's just really frustrating that they don't talk to each other about this because they are on good enough terms that Lizzie has told Darcy honestly what's happened. Mm. But potentially had she not been upset, she might not have told him. She's kind of overwhelmed at the point where Darcy walks in on her. Um, but I don't I don't know, is there, is it just a, in terms of not talking to Mrs Gardner, do you think it's just um, the Austin kind of not wanting to replay the, the, the story again? I don't know. I think it's that... So Lizzie doesn't talk to anyone, really, Mm. about her feelings for Darcy until she's engaged at such a point where they go, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're all surprised. They're all really, really surprised because she hasn't confided in anyone about her change of sentiments. And she hasn't talked to Jane. She's talked to Jane about the proposal, but she hasn't talked to her about the other stuff that's happened since then. Mm. And she doesn't even tell... Well, partly because she's worried about bringing up Bingley, so she doesn't tell her sister everything that was in the letter from Mr Darcy. Mm. Jane seems to be her one confidant. She doesn't really have anyone else she can tell things to. Like, she used to talk to Charlotte, mm. but now there's a distance between her and Charlotte, so she doesn't tell her everything anymore, and that must be quite lonely. Yeah, I think I think that's right, but I also... Um, that's maybe a common trait to, with other Jane Austen heroines in the sense that they do keep some things to themselves, mm. um, even if they are, like... Lizzie or Emma are quite extroverted. Um, there are some things that they do, uh, they don't tend to reveal. Um, so. I don't think you would tell people about a failed proposal necessarily because it doesn't seem polite to spread that around. Yes, it's more of a Lydia thing to do, isn't it? To kind yeah. of, oh my God, this guy liked me and he asked me to marry him. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to kind of be gained from telling people that other than. I guess uh, letting people know that this rich man um, proposed. Yeah, bragging rights, Mm. bragging rights, yeah. 
I think there, there's an interesting point about um, is that comment, uh, poor Kitty has anger for having concealed their attachment. And I think the first time I read that, which was admittedly, um, I was a, I was a teenager, um, and I wasn't I wasn't quite sure what that meant. Um, but I think it means that that maybe her father is angry with her for having concealed it. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess the sense that there was someone in the family who who knew, and sort of you know what would have happened if she had said something to her parents about what she knew. That's true. It could have been an entirely different story. They could have smacked down on it because Mrs. Bennett, although she likes Wickham well enough, he doesn't have enough money to try and marry any of her daughters, and so mm. she would try to nip that in the bud before anything happened. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because she didn't want her favourite daughter to throw herself away. It's funny that she's her favourite, but then she is the youngest <laughs> But she's also the one who's the most like Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> this is true. Pretty and young and silly. I think also when we talked about that uh, uh, Lizzie sort of kind of reaching that stage where she thinks that she could have loved Darcy, but now there's kind of no hope because this this has all come out. Um, there's also that, that sense of, I guess, there's again, there's sort of a, and this is kind of a theme th- throughout the this, this story that there's that sort of disconnect between because that's not actually what he's thinking because you know we know that later because he goes and helps to find Wickham and Lydia we um, know that he's thinking about doing that yeah um, and so again there's that so it's sort of she's still she's seen an, another side to him and, and maybe a bit more of his true self but she's still not fully grasped what he's like as a person I guess at this stage that's that still comes a little bit later yeah I think the discovering that he did this is another reason that she does fall for him mm. um, spoilers yeah. I'm terrible at spoilers <laughs> <laughs> okay um, and that is our summary of chapter 46 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen my name is Frances Duncan you can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on twitter at francis underscore duncan thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!